Okay, we go to Romans chapter 8, and we are back that awesome scripture. Now I can understand why it was said of Martin Lloyd-Jones that he preached 12 Sundays on John 3.16 continuously. <laughs> For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, the mandatory demand to be led by the Spirit of God is a proceed of the depth of transformation that took place in our salvation. You know, a man can give his life to Christ but have no clue what transaction transpired. So the Apostle Paul is trying to explain this transaction. And he says that uh, even though it's volitional, but we're obligated to be led by the Spirit of God, if we truly are children of God. Because of what transpired, first of all, there is the slavery to sin. And it is a slavery because now and again, even those of us who are saints and bought in the blood of Jesus, we see evidence of this slavery trying to creep back, you know, to, 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 to hold us again as if we are still in its bondage. And that's why you, 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 you kind of rise up to your new life and say, ah, you can't come here again. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote Ephesians 6.12, tied to, tied to a Roman soldier. So we, uh, uh, no, 12 to 14. 12, he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, put on the whole armor of God. You know, and then he begins to describe the armor of God. And those who know, they tell us that what he was describing, you know, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness. That he was looking at the he was looking at the soldier to whom he was tied, how he was dressed, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. In the same manner, he wrote this text here, but not now, uh, uh, looking at the Roman soldier but looking at the Roman law of adoption, you know, using the Roman law of adoption to, to reveal the chemistry of what transpired in our salvation. So now they said in the Roman law of adoption, when you pass from one family to another, the first family must relinquish all authority and control because the Roman law of uh, fatherhood is that the father has eternal, total and complete possession of his son, no matter the age of the son. Even if the father is 100 and the son is 80, 
He's still under the complete control of his father. So now, when, when you adopt a child, okay, the, the first father must relinquish the hold on the child. Okay? And it is done in three processes, we are told. And in the third process, the new father will now go to the magistrate to claim that right or to establish that right. And this is done in the presence of seven witnesses. Seven, that's the law, seven witnesses. So that if at any time, okay, the, the man's direct family, his children, question their right to inherit of the adopted child, the witnesses will come forward to testify that the adoption was, process was completed. And so the rights of the adopted child and the rights of the children born in the family are exactly the same. Exactly the same. And now, the essence of that witness, you know, is, is important because they are the guarantee or the guarantors of the adoption process. So now, let's return to the text then. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, which is under the law that brings us under condemnation. But you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, this spirit of adoption is going to communicate with our spirit. So now here is the way the system works. Because everybody needs to understand it, to live it. If you don't understand it, you can't live it. Okay, so now that the spirit of adoption communicates the assurance that the, this process, like the guarantors of the Roman adoption, it communicates to the spirit in man. And through that, to the mind, because the mind is where it has to reside, to the mind of man, that the adoption process is completed. It was completed. And so you have every right to become a child of the new family. Okay. The spirit of adoption, it makes us then cry. Abba, particularly when situations are tough, just the way a, a child will appeal to a father. Oh, Dad, I can't. I'm so sorry. I'm under so much pressure. I need help. Abba, you know, he, Abba is Aramaic, and then Father was, is in Greek. So, so it's a double thing. Abba, Father, 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 Father. You know, and, and you know, our Lord Jesus Christ used that in the sermon. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto you. You know, let us remove this cup. You know, nevertheless, not my will. Now, so the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And this is the constant assurance, come rain or shine, constant assurance that every single person needs in their lives to be confident in their salvation. So, every time a man is in doubt, that whether he's saved or not, every time the assurance of salvation wanes, it is evidence that the Spirit has lost control of us. 
It is evident because he's the one that bears that witness. He's the one constantly reassuring us. If the fear of not making heaven re-enters your life, then check the spirit control because he is the witness. And it is not a once and for all witness, you know. It is a continuous witness that you are a child of God, that you have an inheritance with God, that, that the, the former father, the, the former uh, family has absolutely no right. But once you are adopted, the former family loses all rights over you. All that you are and all that you have now will be in the new family. The Spirit himself, he bears that witness. He gives us that assurance. He tells us who we are and whose we are so that we can stand firm and secure in our calling of Christ. And if children, then heirs. And that is the concept of joint heirs with Christ. But it's important to note that it is heirs of God. Heirs of God. Now, it is not talking about, uh, you know, like preachers will often they want to, uh, to say, it is not about inheritance. It is not about estates and property. It is not about uh, material possessions on earth. Mm -mm. You see, we are heirs of God. It is God we inherit. It is the, it's the God nature that we inherit. It's imparted in us. We become heirs of God Almighty. We, we acquire his nature. And this can only be evident in his character that is revealed through our lives. And that's why when, when people uh, uh, ignore the fundamental necessity of character transformation as Christians, we miss the whole point. Because we are heirs of God, we are called to possess his nature. Just like Christ possessed it. Because he... He was the heir. And so he revealed. That's why he says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. You know, don't, don't, don't be looking for the Father. Once you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so it is in the same uh, degree and to the same level. And, and it is the, in the same manner that we have become heirs of God. Inheritors. Inheritors of the God nature. And we do so with Christ. And that, of course, implies that uh, we suffer with him. Because that's a glory to be revealed. Okay. We, st we spend one more day on this. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.